The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. The definition of encounter is to come upon or experience, especially unexpectedly. For those of us that are following Jesus, we've all had an encounter with Him at some point in our lives. Some of those encounters have been mysterious, like we read about where Saul encountered Jesus on the road to Damascus in Acts chapter 9, and he was never the same after that. I was on the floor of a public bathroom. It was February 10th of 2001, and I was just I just started bawling. I was watching my tears hit the floor, and I just said, God, help me. And I have no idea why I said it. Or like the woman at the well that we read about in John chapter 4, who met Jesus, and despite what her culture might have shamed her for, Jesus offers her living water, and her life was never the same. It was really surprising to me. Like, my vision of Jesus was sort of like an ancient George W. Bush wrapped in a toga. And I was like, the character of Jesus can't be interesting to me. Like, I want to marry a woman someday. I'm very intellectual. This can't be true. But it, he just drew me in. Or like when Simon Peter meets Jesus and has an encounter with him while fishing, and he left everything to follow him. I would kind of walk into church every now and then, and I would just weep. And I didn't know why. My soul would just weep. And I'd walk out of there and be like, I'm never going in there again. And then I'd find myself walking <laughs> that was past so the church. difficult. <laughs> yeah, I just felt myself drawn in. You see, encounters with Jesus, they change us forever. These are stories of change. Hey, friends, and welcome to another edition of the Happy Hour. I'm Jamie Ivy, and I'm your host. And welcome to July. We have made it. It is very, very hot here in Austin, Texas. But you know what? I always say here in Austin, we do not let the heat stop us. And so I hope that you're not letting the weather stop you where you are. And if you live in America, happy July 4th weekend. I hope you had some days off this last weekend. We had some of our great friends get married this weekend. And so that was fun. Tomorrow's my bestie's anniversary of 21 years, and that's exciting. And today is an encounter episode that you are going to really, really, really enjoy. I hope you guys have loved these as much as I have. I told you before earlier in the spring, I just thought, man, I want to just share stories this summer of people having an encounter with Jesus and how it changed their life forever. I know that I had an encounter with Jesus that changed my life forever. Today, my guest on the show is Aaron Weideman, and... I first heard about Erin when she sent me some of her books from the Bible Bells series where they take women in the Bible and create stories for kids about them. And they're so well done and beautiful. And my daughter's story loved them when she was younger. She's going to tell us a little bit more about that here. But Erin has a phenomenal story of growing up in a Christian home and meeting Jesus on the floor of her bathroom. Here is Erin's story. Hey, Erin, welcome to our special summer series encounter. I'm so happy to have you. Oh, me too. I'm excited to be here. This is great. Now our paths have crossed in other ways and other things, and you're doing phenomenal work. And so I want you to just tell us, A, about your family and what that looks like, where you live, what you do. Tell us all the things. 
married for 10 years to my husband, Brent. We have two daughters, Rooney Cruz, who's seven years old. We have a brand new baby, Roxy Ray, who is almost nine months old. We just moved from San Diego to Whitefish, Montana, because we were like radically rocked by coming up here during COVID in June. We were like, we can, we're on a life adventure. We can move to a different state. This is amazing. I did not know that. Yeah, we love it. We've almost been here for a year. It's unbelievable. So you were through Everything. the winter. Yes, through the winter. And you still love it. Snowboarded and loved it so much. And I just like, I'm so in awe of just God's creation and what he made and everything you can see is like at your fingertips here. It's so beautiful. So we love it. And my husband and I, so I, my background is in teaching. Wait, can I time out, Aaron, real quick? Yeah, yeah. You were in San Diego. Yep. So you went from like one of the most beautiful places in the country to Better, another most beautiful place in the country. So, we were so like, we can never leave San Diego. The weather is so exciting. The beach, the, the tacos, everything. I know you're in Austin. It's like tacos are life. Um, but we came here like during COVID and we stayed a month. And by the third week, we were like, you know, God has us on this weird life adventure. Why can't we just go try this for a couple of years? See if, if we hate it, we'll, we'll call an audible. We'll figure it out. But if we love it, maybe he's just got something new and exciting for our family here. And we just, we feel so plugged in. We've got now a great community are at a great church. Like oh. it's so cool to watch God just hold our hand the whole way. And we had welcomed a new baby. And now we're like joking. Cause we had this beach baby before. And now we've got this mountain mama that we talk about all the time. Roxy, we're like, we're raising her in the woods. I love it so much. I will say, Aaron, I went to Montana a couple of years ago, maybe, yeah. I don't know, seven, eight years ago. And it has stayed in one of my most like top 10 beautiful places. And I've been to Africa and, you know, Ireland and Italy and Montana. Gorgeous. No, it's the best. And we drove here from San Diego for the first time. And my husband's been here before. And I I remember we hit like the border of Montana, like from Idaho. And I was like, where? I don't understand. I've never seen like mountains this big and the sprawling green grass and the sky, like they call it big sky for me. It just, it spoke to my heart so deeply to see what God made and to be, you know, not around buildings and concrete and all that. It just was really, really life. I love it so much. Love it. That's awesome. Love so yeah, it. so we um, we work our business from home. So I was a teacher for a long time, five years ago, quit teaching to become an entrepreneur. We started a company called Bible Bells to connect girls with women of scripture. That morphed into Truth Becomes Her, which is an educational platform for adult women who want to pour back in discipleship and training and leadership to the next generation of girls. So our space is just girls and empowerment and faith and identity and purpose and all those words that we want to actually instill in girls and not just talk about all the time. I love it so much. Now, I first met you when you started Bible Bells. Oh, yeah. Way back then. <laughs> I know. So can you talk about that for a minute? And you're still doing that, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, we yeah, just I was gonna say I just got some. Yeah, book, I think. Yeah, we're 13 books in. So where God's really like amplified the message. It's all over the world now, which is something we never expected. Yeah, I met you and had you on the podcast probably when I was sneaking home from school on coffee breaks to record for like 30 minutes at a time. I was like, I wonder if I could talk to Jamie <laughs> Ivy. But yeah, you were gracious enough to talk to me way back then. And then we've stayed connected, which is cool. It's so great. I'm such a fan of those books that you're doing. And I did not know about your new endeavor. So this is exciting. And you guys, as we always do, just like all of our regular podcasts, we'll put all the links in our show notes for you to have these. Okay, Aaron, I want to hear about your encounter with Jesus. So start wherever you want to start and tell me how God has rocked your world. Yeah, I grew up in church. My parents and my sister and I all went to the same little church school combo in Southern California. Did not have any sort of a relationship with Jesus, though. I did. I got very good in church and school, like at checking all the boxes. I did all the memorizing. I went to Sunday school, youth group, got confirmed, did all the things, right? But never understood what it meant to walk with Jesus. Like no one was reading the Bible at home. No one was praying at home. No one was talking about God. So at about 16, I 
fell away from my faith and was just like, okay, we're leaving the house and we're going and we're pretending we're going to pretend outside the house and do the church stuff. And then when we're home, we're our real selves. So for about 10 years from 16 to 26, I just walked a very like rejecting God path. I was a full-blown atheist. If you would have asked me, I would have said, everyone who's Christian is an idiot. They're stupid for believing. There's no reasonable explanation for God. He doesn't exist. I reject all of that. I'm the smartest person on the planet. And that's how I lived. Made every mistake in the book, just life choices, alcohol, I mean, everything, everything. Through college, graduated from college, took a job I was completely ill-suited for, but that could make me a lot of money. I worked in finance for a home builder made a ton of money. And I thought, I remember this rationale in my head, dude, if I could buy a house by the time I'm 25 as an unmarried woman, how impressive is that going to be to people? So that was literally my goal. I set a goal of buying that house, bought the house December, 2006, moved in, had a housewarming party. And then three months later, moved right back out and in with my parents, because I was diagnosed with metastasized aggressive thyroid cancer that had gone from my thyroid in my neck right here all the way up to like my neck, my chest, in up my brain stem. Like it had gone into all the lymph nodes in my upper body and we had to have emergency surgery. I remember being in the doctor's office with my mom and he's going, Ooh, I think you have Hodgkin's disease or lymphoma, like straight up to my face with no test. He was just like palpating my neck. Yeah. And I went, Oh, I'm having a full on medical emergency. And he's like, let's do a biopsy tomorrow. I'll clear my schedule. It's at 7am. And he's telling me all the scary things. And yeah. I just looked at my mom and I was like, mom, this can't be happening. And my mom works in medicine. And she was just like, wow, this is way more serious than we thought. So we did that surgery two weeks. I mean, it was cancer. Yep. They looked at all the stuff and I had a two week later, I had a surgery that was nine hours long. I went from this mentality of, I can do everything by myself. I don't need anybody's help. I'm in control of my own life. There's no God. I'm just going to do everything I want to do. Super selfish, super self-centered to, okay, I've wasted my life. I'm doing the wrong work. I've wasted the gifts, the talents, the reason, like the things that someone has placed inside me. And I started wrestling with that. And it wasn't until, I mean, I remember the moment I was A few months into my treatment, I did that surgery, physical therapy, all the things. I had to do this radioactive iodine treatment where they straight up give you a pill, put you in a room for 72 hours by yourself. You can't open the door. You just go into full on isolation, which this whole COVID like is like, yeah, we're calling that right. Like being alone, being isolated, being by yourself when the enemy works on you. And I took that pill, went into my parents' bathroom. I shut myself up inside their room for three days. That's where they put me because they had an attached bathroom. And I, around the 12th hour, got so sick and so dizzy. I thought, I started to panic. I was like, I'm going to faint. No one can come in here and help me. I don't know what to do. And so I laid down on the floor and I put my face on the floor of a bathroom on the tile and I prayed. And I said out loud, God, if you're real, I'm sorry. I can't do this by myself. I need you to help me this is too hard. And I spoke the words out loud. And it was, I think I just sobbed. I sobbed on the floor of my parents' bed. It was the lowest point in my entire life. So much pain, so much suffering, not having ever asked the questions. Wow. Is there a God? Like, what did he make me to do? What am I supposed to be walking in? Who are my gifts? What are those gifts for? Like, how can I leverage myself and what God's placed inside me to go out and be relevant, to go out and and invite people into a relationship with him? I had the the constructs of a foundation of faith from when I was little checking all the boxes, but it didn't get real for me until I went, gosh, I can't, this is like the one thing I can't do by myself. I'm scared. I'm going to die. Like, this is wrong. This is not for me. And I, I called out to God, Mm -hmm. um, not even believing. (laughs) 
And he just showed up. He washed peace over me. I was able to sit up. And I spent the rest of that time in that 72-hour quarantine just wrestling and thinking and going, gosh, have I completely missed the truth about life and him and what I know about Jesus that was just head knowledge before? Have I missed all of that? And I just began to explore it. Once I walked out of that quarantine, I spent that early season digging back into God's word. I met my husband right in there who had a faith and he you know, pursued me in a way that like a comfortable stalker would, where he was like, I can see this vision for our family. And God's like, God brought you to me and you're my wife. And I was like, no, I'm going to like, you're (laughs) so confused about your own life. And he just pursued me in a way that it reflected the way God pursues us just relentlessly. And when, where it doesn't make sense. And he wore me down Mm. (laughs) and in like the nicest way possible. We've been married for 10 years. I mean, God radically healed me. I went through cancer five times. That was just the beginning of my story. I went through it five times every nine months for five years. And then in 2012, he healed me. So it's coming up on 10 years being totally cancer-free. God set us on a completely different path than I thought. I thought I would never be here or that I'd live long enough for any of this to happen. So it's been beautiful to turn back to him And I talk to people often and they're like, wow, God's healed you from cancer so many times. That's such a miracle. I'm like, yes, but that's not the most important miracle. The the biggest miracle I've experienced is what God did with my heart Mm. because I was bitter. I was cynical. I thought I knew everything. I was so self-centered, set goals for only what can I get in the temporal successful way, not really thinking about what it means to be eternally significant. Mm. What does it mean to make decisions that are going to last long after my life is over? So I'm just thankful that God didn't give up on me. He chased me, met me on the floor of a bathroom and humbled me in that season where I just, every decision now is totally radically shifted from what can I get myself in the short term to what can I do for God's glory, for the good of the people that that I'm going to interact with. And that's Mm -hmm. how you leave a, a faith legacy that you can be proud of and that God will be proud of too. Aaron, I love your story. We have so much in common in our stories. But I like to always hear from people who grew up in the church because we have a lot of people who are growing up in the church. And right, I think I, I'll butcher this, so let me not act too smart here. But I heard recently that a lot of people are leaving the church actually now, not because of actually God, but because of people within the church, which is, I think, interesting in a whole nother conversation. But I do love to hear from people who grew up in this faith context. What was it like for you choosing to like forego everything that you had been taught? And then what was that like for your family to watch that happen as well? It was judgy and it felt fake. So I think on one hand, you've got, you know, you're leaving your home, your safe space where you can be yourself, you know, freely think and feel deeply. That's your home space, right? Supposed to be, right? If someone's guarding that and you go outside the constructs and the safety of your home. And that just, that felt so counter to what I was experiencing at home. Like there was no faith at home. Nobody talked about anything. And then getting into the faith community that I was in and just feeling like it was, you're just putting on church. You're dressing up nice. You're showing up on Sunday. You're having a donut. You're, you know, chatting with people after church. There's no real conversations. There's no real heartache that nobody, I didn't get into, I didn't even see a small group until I was 30 going back to church for the second, third time, probably someone invited me to a small group inside someone's home where, what are they doing there? They're studying God's word in a really safe, very intimate, very deep way. It's not superficial. Here's 30, 30 minutes on a Sunday and stand up, sit down, repeat after me. 
It's in home. People are crying. People are laying hands. They are praying for each other. They are, there's no judgment inside. And I remember being in my first small group. It was like a thirties, you know, men and women in a Bible study together in home. And my husband invited me every Tuesday. And I was like, I'm not going to your Bible studies. I'm not doing this. And then like one Tuesday, he, I was just like, oh, I don't like, I'd rather hang out with you. So I'll just go. And I remember I sat there with my arms crossed. Like, I, what are these people going to show me that I don't already know? I've had such a bad experience with believers. Like it's all fake. It's all judgmental. And the Holy Spirit week two of that Bible study full on punched me in the face. And I realized in that Bible study that I was the only judgmental person. Mm. God spoke you thought they were. I the, went in whole time. What in the God's name are these people going to teach me? And the Holy Spirit said to me, you know, you're the only person who's judging anyone in this Bible study. Wow. And I went, oh my gosh. Yep. That's happening. So I began to like allow God to tear a wall down that I had up from, okay, maybe this is something different. Maybe there are people out there who are, who are living out their faith in a really real and authentic and vulnerable way. And what does that look like inside? So like in the safety of someone's home, it yeah. just was really refreshing. And, and then like you're, the thing, I haven't seen this before. Yeah. And the second thing, honestly, that I learned in the Bible study, besides the fact that I was judging everyone and no one was judging me is that I wanted to debate. I wanted to jump in. I had all this head knowledge, right? Like I grew up memorizing Bible stories about Noah and Moses and all the things. So I had all of the verses memorized, but I had no relationship with Jesus. So I wanted to debate and engage and have healthy discourse. But I found myself sitting there going, do I have nothing to say to these people? Because I know some facts that I read in the gospels, but I don't know what Jesus said. I don't know how he interacted with people. I don't know what the miracles can show me about my own life and how to live it out. So I realized my own ignorance in that mm. Bible study, listening to people to dive into God's word, hearing what Jesus said and going, oh my gosh, he isn't just a really beautiful teacher and a prophet who said all these really great, profound things. He actually proclaimed himself to be God's son and then did and carried out everything he said he was going to do. So it became like you know, a way to just counteract the ignorance in my own heart of going, I've got all this knowledge, but I can't apply it. And here are these people like living it out, testing me, challenging me. And that's really how God worked on me. Like I started to read books. I got back in his word. And once I started seeking, he's so faithful. He's mm -hmm. so, when we're not looking for him, he just like, like a parent, right? He's like, I'm just going to tenderly allow you yeah. to maybe fall on your face or end up on the bathroom floor. But when we go looking for him, he, he allows himself to be found. Like we seek and we find, he, we knock, he opens the door. Like it truly happens when you go looking, he's so tenderhearted and gentle and merciful and mm. how he just shows up when we're ready. Yeah. Cause he's always ready. Yeah. It reminds me so many times when Jesus was on earth and he was teaching and the Pharisees would come up to him. We're, we're going through Matthew at our church. And, you know, there's a moment where the Pharisees come up and ask him about divorce. We're not going to talk about that. That's a heavy subject. But they go back to here's what all the law says. And Jesus is like, OK, you know the law, but here's this as well. And it makes me think of that about you going, OK, I knew things. I knew facts. But I didn't actually know Jesus and what he wanted to do for me. If you don't know it, guys, I'm a Texas girl through and through. I've lived here most of my life. I was born here and I love traveling. Here's why I love traveling throughout Texas, because it has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities, which means there's an infinite number of different travel experiences. 
And no two travelers are exactly alike. And it means that no two trips should be either. If you're a beach person, well, you can have fun under the sun with Texas's 350 miles of coastline. If you're more of a rugged vacation type, there are campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. And foodies cannot get enough of Texas's world-famous barbecue and Tex-Mex. Enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. And now, Travel Texas offers a -a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interest. Guys, come visit my state. Visit TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn. You guys, in January of 2024, I made a commitment to myself. I wanted to get stronger, which meant I needed to get in the gym, which means I needed to move my body in different ways. You guys know I love to walk. Well, it's spring, and spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, to tap into your power, and build towards your summer you. I love my Peloton. It accommodates to my schedule with a variety of class links to choose from. I can choose a 30-minute class. I can choose a 45-minute class. If you only have five minutes, there's literally a class to get you moving your body in five minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and every mood. There are classes if you want to hear country music, if you want to hear rock, if you want to go back to the 80s. If you can't run, take a walking class. Need some grounding? Try yoga. If you want to level up, go for their Pilates or HIIT workouts. Here's what I love is that you can move at your own pace. And that is what I'm learning that my body needs right now. It needs to move at its own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take all the guesswork out of working out. You guys, we think about so many things during the day. Let's take the guesswork out. Let's jump right in and let's keep our fitness journey fresh every single day. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I personally love a good 45-minute hip-hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music, just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's OnePeloton.com. Here you are. BPMs high, sweat dripping, body moving, tongue panting. You're working hard, real hard, and you're thirsty. You need vitamins, nutrients for peak performance and energy. And your plants do too. Aw, I mean, just look at the little guy. Water-soluble plant food from miracle Grow is full of essential nutrients. Just a little scoop into your watering can and boom, instant feeding and bigger, more beautiful plants. It's kind of like a sports drink for your plants. You may have to suffer from heat, but your plants do not. Okay, I want to go back to the bathroom floor. Uh, because I think that's a profound moment and a lot of people listening maybe have had that moment or maybe they're going to or whatever. Can you tell me from the bathroom floor to when you started saying, I'm actually going to believe this and give my life to Jesus? What did that look like for you? Yeah. So I left the bathroom, kind of started wrestling. I wouldn't say I was like, yes, let's go back to church ready to have this rich, different experience. I mean, I was in the middle of my cancer journey. So I was really scared, you know, back living home with my parents. And when I met my husband, he was so sure about God having brought me to him 
and could see this vision for our family. Like, I'm so grateful for the things that cancer gave me, but just in my dating and marriage relationship with him, like there was no dancing. There was no drama. There was no like, oh, are we going to go on a date? Like, it was just either like, this is real. You know, I'm seriously sick. If you want to pursue this as a relationship, like, I don't know what it's going to end with. I might die in the middle of it. The prognosis was not good. I did not get like a really cool you know, oh, okay, we're going to deal with the treatment and like, it's going to go there. So to have him alongside me, like going to the doctor with my mom and waiting in the waiting room and doing puzzles while I'm in there, I was like, nobody in their right mind would date me right now. Why is he here? And he just stayed with me. So I feel like he was instrumental, him inviting me to that Bible study and me getting in there and ha- and seeing really solid Christian people who didn't have all the answers, but they were not judgmental. They were loving. They were there to pray. They were there to like, meet me in the tough questions I had. So just seeing people in the church, like receive me in a new way and letting God's like conviction just happen naturally over time in the safe space of someone's home. I had never been a part of that. And then honestly, like going to church and being hit with different messaging. I know like I can look back and go, oh my gosh, that message was for me. Like as God just uh-huh. laid this path out. But honestly, I believe and, and media has been really important for me and my walk with the Lord. Like I grew up, you know, reciting John three sixteen and standing and doing all of that. Right. But I had never thought about it until I, we came home after one Easter service and he was like, do you want to watch the passion of the Christ? And I was like, okay, I've never seen that movie before. I know it's good and it's whatever. So we sit down to watch it. And, and I'm you're a Christian it. at this point, like you're following. No, I mean, I'm back in going to church. We're dating. I'm in a Bible study. You know, I'm not, I haven't, you know, I haven't prayed. I haven't said yes yet. And we are watching that movie and we get to the, I mean, that movie is so hard to watch. Mm-hmm. It just, it put a visual on the things that I was just saying and learned to memorize over and over for God so loved the world. He gave his only son. And then just the suffering that Jesus did, like watching it on a screen, I just bawled. And I feel like that's when it hit me because no one would do that. Nobody would do that for me, but he did. And just to watch what he suffered through. You think, oh, he was whipped. Oh, he would, you know, they spit on him, the crown of thorns, the cross that you say it growing up all the time, but you don't really experience it deeply. And that movie really helped me look at it and go, no one would do that for me. And I now, as I study God's word in that season, I would say to myself, gosh, I now understand what he was saying because he proved himself to be credible. And we teach this all the time in the mentorship, like inside truth becomes her. What does it mean to be someone people can trust? And we look at Jesus, we can trust him. Everything that came out of his mouth was consistent with God's word. It was based in love. It was with the foreknowledge of here is what I'm going to go and do. This is what you can say yes to. And this is what you get when you accept a life with me. He was exactly who he said he was. And he is the ultimate person and authority that we can trust. So when he did what he did and raised himself, all we have to do is believe. And he says we're saved. Like we can trust him. He's the most trustworthy person on the planet. So I think that's what helped me. That would like having the messaging, being in a church group, you know, being inside a a small group and not just sitting in a pew on Sunday and being like, yep, I'm with a big group and we're at church and there's no way to connect with people. Like the connection points that you make with people in a small group were life changing for me. And then just see like putting it together going, no one would do that. For me, a person who's so ugly, so like riddled with shame and guilt over past decisions, made all the bad mistakes that you could make, you know, and then some, 
no one would do that, but he did it. Mm. And all he says is just to walk with me and I can be with him and I can live. It's such good news. It's (laughs) It's such such good news. news. Yeah. You know, as Erin and I hear your story and it never gets old hearing people's stories about how they started following Jesus and how God really changed their world and this encounter that they had. But I want to ask you this, you're raising two girls and how has your story and the way that you grew up and the way that you started following Jesus and the questions and the wrestling and all that, and how has that impacted or changed the way you parent now? Gosh, I mean, in every way, right? I really see the value of not just constructing a home environment and a family culture that invites Jesus into it, but that starts with him. And the the main goal of our family, the reason God brought your parents together, the reason you're here, the reason we've been given to each other inside our family team is to invite people into a deeper relationship with Jesus by living an irresistible life devoted to him by asking him every day when we wake up, God, what is the work that you have for us to do? Is it ministering to somebody on the street today? Is it strategically planning to reach people that we will never meet across the globe? Is it one in all of those things, right? And I think being really open to share with at least our oldest daughter, because she's seven now, she's so deep. She's such an old soul. She's so goofy, but she is so deep. Mm -hmm. And I can see her faith growing, but she turns the wheels over. She's such a logical thinker. Yeah. You know, she's had real struggles with like, well, I can't see God and I can't feel him. So like, how do I know he's here? And we just talk very candidly about that's what faith is for. Faith is believing that, you know, in things that you cannot see. And we're thankful that we have God's word. It's not just this huge question mark. Well, like, I hope this stuff is true. I think that's what's been helpful as, you know, a journalism background, as somebody who has that logical brain to go, well, it's not just like, We're throwing some dirt up in the air and we're hoping for the best. Like if you look back through the scriptures and you pair it with the historical record and God's eternal narrative, everything lines up very beautifully. He really did walk a path with us over ancient cultures into the current day that helps us see him and the work Mm -hmm. he was doing and how he showed up. So I think we just, we work that into our homeschool study stuff. And we talk about those things as a family, but not just learning the, you know, the head knowledge, right? And I've said that a few times today, but just We're not trying to put facts and information into your brain. We're trying to go, okay, what does it look like to walk this out? What are the things we're praying for? You know, we're praying for God to reveal more of his plan to us. We want to walk in his will. We want to walk under the covering and protection of his will. And I don't want to, I've walked outside that. And I know you have too. It's like, I've seen the other side and nobody wants that for their children. Nobody wants them to end up in a pit and, you know, crying out to the Lord. But if that's what it takes, like we welcome those hard things. We welcome pain and stuff. She knows her mom has been sick and mom is just blessed to be here. Right. Mm. But we don't sit in our salvation. Like it's this relaxing bubble bath. It's a baptism is a dunk and go and it's get up and go and tell people and go talk about Jesus, go invite people who don't know him to experience him inside your home, you know, to be hospitable, to welcome people, to go out into the world and be able to share your faith and practice talking about it. So those are some of the ways I guess I do it. I was always just really guarded, like growing up going, all right, like, again, we're doing it outside the house, but then at home, we just, we just do what we want to do. Right. And that's not what walking the Christian life is. And it's such an adventurous, amazing life. When you say yes to Jesus and find out what he has for you, it's like uncovering treasure every day. And sometimes it's hard and awful. And sometimes it's awesome, but walking with him is so, it's just a beautiful journey. So it's, it's one we try to celebrate together and be excited to, to wake up each day and get to experience. I love you said it's not a salvation bubble bath. 
That I'm never going to forget that. That's good. That's good. I'm saved. I'm cool. I'm just going to like recline and put the bubbles on and just get my hair up and light a candle. And it's like, <laughs> God, I swear when we get to the end and talk to Jesus, he's going to be like, yeah, so what did you do when you were in the body? Like I wanted to partner with you on all of these things and you had gifts and talents and resources and time and people I put in your way and money and all the things like, can we leverage all those things to invite people in so they can get in the bath with us? Like, so Amen, they amen, amen. Also, I need you to know that I don't think it was any accident that you have your very logical nine-year-old daughter because you are a, the perfect parent for her to help her answer those questions so much. Aaron, I love hearing people's story and I'm grateful that God met you on that bathroom floor. I'm grateful that, that he didn't leave you there. I'm grateful that you had something inside of you and the Holy Spirit call, drew you to him to call out to him in those moments. Would you be willing to pray for our listeners and especially anyone that feels like they might be like on that bathroom floor like you were? Would you go ahead and pray for them? Absolutely. Heavenly Father, we love you. Everything we do is for you, God. And the ways that you are drawing us to you, inviting us to experience more of you, we want that. I pray for the blessing of that. I pray for the favor of that. If anybody listening is just in a pit right now or feels like their life couldn't get any worse, gosh, we know you know that suffering, God. And we know that you work those things together for good for us. And I just want to speak to if there's somebody out there that you're looking at with tender eyes, Lord, that is experiencing hard things. I just want to pray that they would feel the comfort and the power of your love today, and that they would know that if there's still air in their lungs, they still are taking breaths. There's something that you want them to know today about you, about themselves, about who you are, about what you want to do in their life. And there is something that you would have them do today, something to do in the lives of their family or their friends or someone out in their community, or someone who needs to know more about you. So I know you're inviting through the hard things, through the pain and the suffering, God. I know you are inviting us to experience more of you, more of your presence, and more of the plan and will that you want us walking in, God, even if we feel like we can't even walk today. So I just pray for a boldness for the people that are on the floor right now. There's nowhere to go but up, that they would feel your strength and your might to be able to sit up and hear from you, Lord. And I just pray a, a courage, a courage that sometimes we can't muster ourselves, but a courage that can only come from you, Lord. You are mighty and you are powerful and you are everything we are not. So I just, I pray for all of the qualities that you possess, that you would find a way to, to download, to upload those into our hearts and minds so that we could walk more fully in your presence, God. I just thank you for everybody listening. I thank you for Jamie and her inviting so many people into this space to share stories about you. You are so cool in the way that you work and minister to people's hearts in exactly the way they need to be ministered to, fully and wholly, so that we find you. And you tell us that when we seek you, we find you. And so I just thank you this morning, God. I thank you for your mercy and your grace and your forgiveness. And I just pray a blessing in favor of everybody listening. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. It's that time of the year. 
Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Um, Aaron, thank you so, so very much for your time. And just most importantly, thank you, God, for saving you. Truly. Thank you so much, Jamie. Had so much fun. You guys, I promise you, there's not a story of someone encountering Jesus that gets old to me. And I feel like I have a lot in common with Erin and her story. I as well grew up in a home that went to church every time the doors were open. I would have called myself a follower of Jesus, but really took my own path in late high school and early college. And although I never turned to where I would have said that God isn't real and called myself an atheist the way that Erin did, I still had some moments in my life that brought me to what I would say a bottom of a pit. And I reached out for God. The God that I knew a lot about became very personal to me in those moments. I talk about my entire story of coming to know Jesus in my book, If You Only Knew. I know some of you have read that, but I had a moment like that as well. Recently, I was reading through the Gospels earlier in the spring, and I got to Mark. And in chapter nine, Jesus has an encounter with a man that reminds me a lot of what Aaron was talking about here. And stick with me, and and you'll see how it reminds you. This is Mark chapter nine. And then in verse 14, it says this, and when they came to the disciples, they saw a great crowd around them and scribes arguing with them. And immediately all the crowd, when they saw him, were greatly amazed and ran up to him and greeted him. And he asked them, what are you arguing about with them? And someone from the crowd answered him, teacher, I brought my son to you for he has a spirit that makes him mute. And whenever it seizes him, it throws him down and he foams and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast it out and they were not able to. And he answered them, this is Jesus speaking. He said, oh, faithless generation, How long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him to me. And they brought the boy to him. And when the spirit saw him, immediately convulsed the boy and he fell on the ground and rolled about foaming at the mouth. And Jesus asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. And it has often cast him into fire and into water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, if you can, All things are possible for one who believes. Immediately, the father of the child cried out and said, I believe, help my unbelief. Jesus took that little boy and he he cast out that spirit, that demonic spirit, and the boy lived. And the thing that I love about this story so much is that this father came to Jesus and was like, hey, if you can do anything, anything at all, and Jesus corrects the father and says, you need to put your trust in God. If I can, I can do all things. And then the dad said what I find myself saying so often, and I thought of as Erin was talking about her experience on that bathroom floor, the dad says, I believe, help my unbelief. Two contrasting statements in one. He said to Jesus, I do believe. Hey, will you help me when I don't believe? And I think what a great savior that he said yes, and he healed that boy. And I think God so oftentimes is not afraid of our unbelief. He's not afraid of us crying out to him saying, I believe and help me with my unbelief in the same breath, because God is a God who is after his children. And so I pray that Aaron's story today and this story of this boy with an unclean spirit that Jesus heals in the ninth chapter of the book of Mark in the Bible, I pray that somehow they meet you right where you are today. 
You know, one of the things that Erin talked about, which got me so excited, and I love Erin because she's an entrepreneur, and she talked about all the ways that she sees that God is using her and her family. He's using their gifts. He's using their location. He's using their money. He's using their resources. He's using their talents. He's using moving them to Montana all for his glory. And I talk about that a lot in my book, You Be You, where satisfaction and success are closer than you think. In fact, over on my Instagram, I would love to give away a copy of that book, plus a copy of Aaron's Bible Bells to a listener of you guys. So follow me on Instagram at Jamie Ivy, and we're going to give away some books to some of you guys. Friends, thanks for listening today. I hope no matter what you're doing today on this July day, that you are enjoying and seeing the goodness of God in your life some way or another. We'd love to hear from you. What are you loving about the show? Send us an email at jamieivy.com. I love hearing from listeners. Today's show was edited and mixed by the team at Podshaper. The show notes were written by Abby Castell. Lindsay Sweeney produced it and I host it. I'm Jamie Ivey. Guys, thanks for listening today. Join us on Friday for another Flashback Friday, a great episode from the Happy Hour that you might have missed that now you get to listen to. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com.